0: Good day to you, Zansi. Welcome to Otherwise on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. My name is Shadow Twala, Hazel Makazeni is the producer of the show, and Ryanda Mafiane, our technical producer for today. Our contact details are 0891 102010, email otherwise at safm.co.za, tweets at otherwise safm, or at Shadow Twala. on the show today we talked to dr tessa darling from the department of african language languages at uct about the mistranslation and non-translations in south africa and how they can be a matter of life and death we hear about freedom from violence a project by the United Nations Association of South Africa with Holy McGurk, who's the National Project Coordinator. We're expecting to have a third guest, but we have no confirmation as yet. So as we confirm, we will let you know. But it's a very interesting um, organization called the Foundation for Sport Development and Peace. But first, our lunch bite for today, taken from the Meditations for Women Who Do Too Much. And today's one is called Need to Achieve. Getting an important position in a good company is an exacting feat. Many of us have worked long and hard to get where we are, and we are proud for our achievements. Success demands sacrifice and focus, and we have learned how to do both. We've put our work before everything else in our lives. We've learned to compete and compromise. We've learned to dress like men and hold our own in a circle of men. We've learned to be tough and to come on strong when we need to. We wanted to make it in a man's world, and we have. We've learned to play the game. It is time to stop and see what happened to us in this process. Are we the women we want to be? I wonder if I have really become the man I would want to marry. Would my clear and healthy woman want to marry me? Otherwise, on SAFM. One of the many lectures at the University of Cape Town Summer School is um, mistranslation and non-translation in South Africa, and this one takes place on the 22nd of January, uh, which is this month at 7:30 p.m. And we talk to um, Dr. Tessa Darling uh, from the African Languages Section, School of Languages and Literatures at the University of Cape Town. Molo okay. sisunjani.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's good to speak to you again. It's nice to speak to you. Yes, and, and I think we're going to do a lot of the speaking throughout this year because we do some Im- important work, don't we? We do. <laughs> but now listen, this is no joke though, the mistranslation and non-translation, when I saw this, I thought, oh my goodness, it affects so many people's lives
1: it does and i mean it in in a job like mine where sometimes i'm asked to look at translations and back translate so it's, it's really great that people are taking the care to have for example a psychometric translation translated back from for example the also into english mm-hmm. and then the researcher will see does it match her original english and sometimes it doesn't at all i mean for example we had a translation which says does a tick the answer that fits you and and the also said um yeah like it has fits it's an epileptic answer mm-hmm. so i mean it had nothing to do with an appropriate answer um there's just so many cases like that where the translation is way way out um and sometimes things are not translated you can actually see the translators just thinking "Ah, I can't do it mm-hmm. and a
0: whole chunk is left out well they're lost in translation as they often say but yes. but we made a, a big joke about the the, the, the sign language guy at, at, at Madiba's funeral <laughs> <laughs> it was funny but it's a serious it's a serious matter because how many people depend on sign language
1: Exactly. And that um, confidence that he had to, you know, to say that he was a translator, a yeah, proper interpreter, the fact that it wasn't checked. And I think what's happened in this country is that translation and interpretation is tokenistic. So we like to say, you know, we've got this translated in 11 language. Mm. We like to say you can get the translation and we have an interpreter and it all looks very nice. But the quality control that you find in other countries where, you know, it, there's so much quality control before you can be heard to be an interpreter, or get it be a translator, mm-hmm. um we don't have it in this country. So we have this tokenistic idea about language, but it's but it's not there's no depth to it.
0: And it's important because we have eleven official languages, so you know for messages to really get to where they ought to, translation
1: becomes key absolutely and 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 people are entitled to say I want the translation and all this translation that I do not understand it and that's the other issue that I think people really grapple with in this country is that we we don't know what the standard is sometimes we don't know what the standard process is or the standard if or the variety that is appropriate for the target audience that we are translating for. So we might use a a dialect or a variety that is inappropriate for that target audience. So for example if you're going into an urban area uh, where there's a lot of slang and there's a lot of jargon and a lot of mix of languages but your health notice about Ebola for example and that's really interesting that in Sierra Leone they weren't translating the health warnings into the languages of Sierra Leone Mm. and only 20 percent of the people understood English Mm. but everything was in English so that's critical but to get back to my point is that the we need to understand what varieties people speak what what can they read? How literate are they in the mother tongue? Because you might not—you might be able to speak your mother tongue, but can you read it? Do you need an interpreter who speaks your variety? That kind of intelligence applied to the situation.
0: So, what are the rules, Tessa? I mean, w- what 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 does government or what do we as a country have as rules that guide us, uh, as far I, as um, something of national importance? I would I would I would believe. You know, when the elections are coming on, when when uh, important decisions or information needs to be given through what what stages should should we go through to make sure that every South African understands what's going on
1: I think the rules are number one it's your translator or your interpreter that, that that person must be quality checked. There must be references. There must be examples of prior work that they've done. That that people um, who are qualified can look at and say, "No, I can tell you this is a good translation. This is a good interpretation." So we would never have got that interpreter if that stage had been got through. Who is your interpreter? Who is your translator? Are they properly accredited? Have they gone through the correct training? And then. We have all these processes that can double check. For example, for written text, we can do the back translation, as I said, where you get somebody to back translate it into um, the original language mm-hmm. to see if that, if it matches, mm-hmm. um, if the two languages, if the message has been getting a, getting across correctly. And then again there's proofreading and a lot of our errors in translating actually mm. come from terrible proofreading. People do not proofread the African language and that I think will stems from the fact that people are in a rush to get it translated in a rush to get it out. It's often the last thing on the list of things people want to do mm. and proofreading is a, in a meticulous occupation. requires meticulous people and um, trained people and uh, we don't have those students coming through UCT or, or any um tertiary institution who are studying african languages for example at mm-hmm. that level so we, we we're missing the um the skills sure so we're lacking the skills
0: and, and and i'm thinking oh did you see today in the paper i think there was there was um uh, um what's the name our doll from from benoni
1: yes. Sh-
0: shali saram she's uh, she's started a facebook page uh, teaching people afrikaans yes. and, and and she she Translated LOL, that is used on Twitter, yes. and, and laugh out loud, and, and and it said, I don't have the paper in front of me, but somebody said, no, 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 it's supposed to be an acronym. It's not supposed to be kind of translated like that. <laughs> but but you know, having fun with that. But 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 it's 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 also important to get the trends in place because there's so many trends. Uh, for instance, when you use social media, when you use, uh, uh, when when you look at advertising, for that matter, um, you know where where translation and interpretation is important
1: exactly and I think that's what Discourages advertisers so so often from from using an African is, Oh my goodness! Now we're going to have to get it translated. Oh, that's a problem. Last time we we wanted to say mad mad prices and they came out in you know, um, lunatic or mentally unstable <laughs> prices and we we don't want that, you know. Or we said you know if you you need to book there's there's this um, sign that I saw if you want to book for a picnic or you must book. And and it said, bring a book, you know, and and all of these incorrect things coming, coming across. So it discourages, because of the prior mistakes, instead of saying we need to improve our quality of translation, people just go, "Ah, let's not translate or the worst that I've seen happening is you only translate into an African language if you want to tell people not to do something. Anything that's fun or exciting or informative, we've stopped translating into African languages and we basically say, don't walk on the grass. Don't make a noise. No. Don't do that. And that's the only thing that's being translated. Um, and I think that that's very really sad. And I see even uh, med- medicines, they're not being translated how to take med- medicines. Mm. The people who don't speak English can't read the directions for, for medicines, you know, how many pills to take, how many times a day. That's not being translated. Because that's, that's, people for that was,
0: it was a problem but that's very serious you know i'm thinking of people in who are standing trial in a a court of law and and if if what they say is not properly translated they could end up in jail for the rest of their lives
1: and i think they have and i think we, we, we would definitely find cases where you know the misinterpretation has led to serious serious consequences i mean treaties throughout the world if one looks at mistranslation people have ceded territory um I think it was Aborigines in Australia where they ceded territory not thinking that they had. The interpretation led them to think that they still had authority over certain land. Also with, you know, the posse chiefs, what was happening with that interpretation mm-hmm. at that time, mm-hmm. thinking that you were just coming to an agreement that you were giving everything away. Mm-hmm. So I think translation has led to major territorial um, issues and also issues of life and death where you know, as you say, if you're not taking your medicine properly or in a court of law, we're well, going to land up in, in jail for the rest of his life. Because even in English, we realize how things can be, you know, misinterpreted, even when we're speaking the same language. So how much, you know, more, more critical is it when it's another language?
0: Well, this is a good time to talk about this because I don't think a lot of uh, young people and students who have just gone through matric think of uh, uh, tr- being translators as, as a career.
1: I would strongly urge, especially multilingual South Africans who speak, you know, many African languages or even just one African language to consider that. If you love your language and you love english as well but you need to love languages generally Mm -hmm. and and to have care for it um that would be a profession that you could do really really well in and it would be hugely rewarding to know that your translation is going to translate literally into somebody's health and well-being Mm -hmm. and so you, you it's a meaningful occupation and something that i'm sad to see you know people don't see languages having of critical importance, but I can see you know I saw a sign um in the Eastern Cape which talked about a rip tide and and how dangerous it was out there and the The translation was poor, and i uh, I think that some people could drown you mm. know if they had read that sign mm.
0: um
1: so you want people who who care about the meaning of their translation and yeah it it, it would be a fantastic um patient to to get involved with and something that you could say, well, I love literary translation or I love medical translation. You could even further narrow it down to what your particular interest is, scientific translation, maths, and whatever is your field of expertise. And and then I would love that, that people say, I'm a medical translator, you know, Mm, I'm... mm. A public information translator, because um, I think sometimes you will take a literary translator and say translate these signs, and and people would be anxious about their translation. Mm.
0: Now, I, I just, I'm thinking of so many things as I talk to you because this is just so huge, and yet it's not something that we, we've taken uh, into consideration or taken very seriously, uh, translation, and, and just how far it can go. But I see that Google offers translations. You can go on the net and find a translation from one language to the other. How reliable is that? And can we take a deep sigh of relief that they don't have African languages on there?
1: I'm not sure how reliable they are. I do know I worry about machine translation. Um, I did see something once which was, you know, that's not mine. And it said, the the machine translation said, that's not a gold mine. (laughs) Uh, You know? <laughs> you're good. You just think, okay. Uh, so machine translations, one always has to be very wary of. And I can see when somebody's used a machine translation. You know, I've got cold feet. Mm-hmm. If you translate that into, If um, possible, for example, it's going. You're going to say, oh, put some socks on then. Mm-hmm. But it means that I've got cold feet about giving this lecture. I've got cold feet about <laughs> going overseas. Um, so everything is just literally translated. Yeah, the nuances that you cannot exactly and the. Thing integrative meanings that, that are there for for, for a real-life person, or the context, or the surrounding mm, text, I think mm. that I would not rely on machine translation, although sometimes I do if I'm writing to a Spanish-speaking friend, I go and get a salutation or something off Google.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad <laughs> that you are using Google as well, but um, as I say, the African languages don't, don't exist there, which
1: i think that there is there is as far as i know there are some i haven't tested them uh, i need to do that to go and test those i do think there is google with four african languages i'm not sure how far they've they've gone in that that field
0: can we also, re- sorry can we rely on the on the current dictionary that's just been published
1: now that's that's really interesting the, the, the current dictionary it, obviously it, it, it is it is reliable, but it, it, it uses texts as its source material. And dictionaries need to also rely on the spoken word. Mm-hmm. So I think there are many things that are missing in the dictionary from the way people speak. And, and many African language speakers would not know some of those words that are in the dictionary because they are, you know, of a very deep uh, variety and so contemporary the contemporization of dictionaries and um, that comes from oral communications um that those dictionaries miss out on so we need far more researchers to say look we've listened to so much radio um and and here we've got also radio sutu radio, um zulu radio and the conversations coming from there from those sources can inform our dictionaries mm. and going out and speaking to people. So eventually we could actually say some of these words that we have there are no longer current. Mm-hmm. But while that happens with English dictionaries, it doesn't happen. There are limited resources to do the research for African language dictionaries because of, you know, they don't have international English is internationally used.
0: Yeah. Tessa, stay on the line for me, please. I need to take a break. Otherwise, on SAFM. Mistranslation and non-translations in South Africa is what we're talking about with my guest, Dr. Tessa Downling. Tessa, who should attend this these lectures and, and the courses?
1: I think anybody who's in the business of wanting their messages to be known and to be understood by all South Africans. So it might be teachers, it might be uh, certainly publishers, advertisers, people in business who want to get their messages, people definitely in the health profession, um, pharmaceutical companies, people who want to start translating what they need to translate into African languages, mm-hmm. but want to know what are the rules, what do I need, what are the guidelines, what are the steps I should follow, because I think people don't know what mm-hmm. they ought to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will help and, and guide them through those steps, and just to, the, the point is what to look out for. You know, if, if you're going to be using wordplay and punning, the kind of issues you you need to consider the context you need to consider i mean i was reading something on translation that said shakespeare should i compare thee to a summer's day if it's translation translated into um a language which is used in in very hot countries where, where summer's day is awful mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. are you going to translate it shall i compare thee to a summer's day favorably <laughs> what are you even going to do you know and so So many things to think about when you translate and so what i would like is the person who's going to hand over the translate translation to have some guidelines that Mm. they can discuss with the translator
0: it's a it's a huge job it is a huge job i'm thinking what happens with braille though tessa because that's another thing
1: I don't know. It would be fascinating to get an expert on Braille in and to find out what they do. I would imagine they have a really good quality checks and, you know, experts in the field. But again, I'm sure there are people who, who are fake, just like we'd had with, you know, the sign interpreter people yes. who are not qualified. So. Uh, by the way, I've just found out that Google translates into, it's Susutu and Zulu. Really? Google Translate, yes. So suture- I'm, not, I'm I'm. going to tell you what they like. I'm going to test it. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. So they do do. It's and
0: it's Zulu. that's right. Maybe you can you can make sure they do the right Kosa one. No? I'm going to. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you would. So you 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 talking translation and 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 uh, sign language as well at these at these yes, lectures. The,
1: the second speaker will be talking about sign language. I'm going to um, concentrate on what goes on in South Africa, the issues that I've picked up as as a. Linguist, um, in African languages, the things I see around me, the mistakes I see around me, which will inform and, you know, have some really hilarious examples. I don't want to give you them all because yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I want people to come to the talk. But um, they're really, really great examples of mistranslations in South Africa, which I see every day people tell me about. Um, and then we're going to go through the steps of, you know, what to do and what to look out for. And we might do a translation. We might look at, you know, what... Just take a simple translation, a very simple translation, and see what could go wrong for each simple word that you think you couldn't make a mistake and how you could so easily.
0: Wow. And these are on the 22nd of, of January, which is this yes, month, 22nd, right?
1: Yes, at Kramer um, at UCT Summer School. UCT Kramer S- Building. Kramer Building. And is yes. there is there a number they can call? Is there a website? Yeah, um, the UCT Summer, I think it will be under... Uh, UCT www.uct.ac.za, and then you'd go to continuing education, mm-hmm. um, and then it would be the summer school. Or oh, you could just Google UCT summer school, and all the courses are there. Wait, I have a booklet right in front of me. Okay. Um, yes, for all six five o.
0: This
1: o two one six five o two triple eight.
0: Two triple eight. So o two one six five o two triple eight
1: and then the um email is ems Mm -hmm. at uct Mm -hmm. dot ac Mm -hmm. dot z a the website is Mm -hmm. www.summerschool all one word yes dot uct Mm -hmm. dot ac
0: dot z a ac.za well yeah. fantastic thank you so much for your time <laughs> now it is <laughs> okay bye-bye, bye-bye. <laughs> uh that's dr tessa darling and you got all those details but if you didn't it's oh two one six five oh two triple eight and uh go on the website and and uh um email ems at uct.ac.za Holly McGurk is the National Project Coordinator of the United Nations Association of South Africa, and uh, one of the projects is Freedom from Violence, Peace, Security and Conflict Prevention, the uh, uh, post-2015 framework. Holly, thank you for joining us. Welcome to Otherwise.
2: It's a pleasure. Thanks so much for inviting me to talk about the project.
0: Please, can can you give us uh, kind of background information on the project itself?
2: Sure, sure. Um, So the Millennium Development Goals are expiring this year Mm -hmm. and so the international community has been debating uh, what kind of goals we should have for the next 15 years Mm -hmm. when we're looking at development and what we want to achieve. Um, So the UN has been holding consultations around the world um, to ask people what would you like to see as these goals, what do you think is really important for us to focus on and Um, We at UNASA feel that peace and security is really an important issue that we should have in one of the goals Um, because those countries that are affected by conflict have really lagged behind in the Millennium Development Goals
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
2: and um, we don't want to see that happen again. We think that uh, it's really difficult to address development needs in countries that are affected by conflict or fragility, um, whether that's war or whether that's just high levels of, of violence in your society. Um, So we've been kind of engaging in those UN processes and uh, speaking to our own government, to the South African government, um, about why we think that's important and uh, we're really hoping that when the goals are released in September this year that we will see peace and freedom from violence as one of them.
0: So how are you mobilizing us as civil society to participate and support this project?
2: Um, So we've been doing a lot of consultations with NGOs. both those that work kind of on a policy level and also those that are doing development work at a grassroots level Mm -hmm. and asking them how does violence impact development in the work that they're doing or in in the communities that they they are in. Mm -hmm. And then we're trying to relay that information back um, both directly to the UN through the consultative processes that they've been opening up and also um, to the Department of International Relations and um, those in the South African government that are debating their policy on on
0: these goals, what do you do with the information that you get? Yes, you say you've taken it through, but how, how else is it being disseminated because just NGOs uh, and some people are not connected to NGOs, but I think that can participate in 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 achieving uh, what w- your objectives definitely. Um,
2: so UNASA as an organization, has quite a strong presence on university campuses throughout mm-hmm. the country. So we've also been um, mobilizing our student chapters and asking them to go out to their peers um, at university and to go out to their communities and to engage in discussions about these goals and ask people what they think is important. Do they think that peace and security is important? Um, and we've also been trying to engage the media a little bit and get the get the word out about the fact that this process is happening mm-hmm. so that people can be aware and, and can engage. Um, And, yeah, also just creating awareness about those processes that the UN themselves have been launching. Like, for example, you can actually vote online for what you would like the goals to be. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So um, trying to let people know about that and about different ways that they can make their voice heard.
0: Now, what are the targets that you have?
2: Uh, The targets, the goals that we would like to see. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, so, 17 goals have been proposed at the moment by the, um, the negotiations that have gone on so far with member states. Um, obviously one of those is tackling poverty, mm-hmm. and then there's also also a lot of goals on climate change, um, gender equality, empowerment of women, um, tackling diseases like HIV and um, TB. Um, and we would like to see one as well on tackling inequality mm-hmm. because something that we saw with the Millennium Development Goals was although you might see uh, eradication of poverty overall, does that affect maybe some countries are left behind or some communities within countries are left behind? So we would like to see inequality tackled as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And, and, of course, the, the peace and security and things like uh, rule of law, good governance. Are people able to participate in their government? Um, is there easy ways for them to let their leaders know what their priorities are and what they think is important
0: i would like to see arts and culture back on on, on the agenda
2: arts and culture mm. yeah it's something that hasn't been in the discussion so far i think but i mean you're right it's a very important
0: it, it is i think it, it forms part of 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 uh, Security I think in, in in many ways because if people can practice their culture and 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 find themselves within their space And be able to express because it also goes to freedom of speech because it's how people express themselves and what what is uh, Usually a, a a point of conflict wouldn't you say
2: definitely Um we do we have suggested some targets on things like freedom of expression and uh, freedom of the press as well Um so that could maybe speak to some of those concerns that people should be allowed to express themselves in
0: that way. Mm. Yeah. Now, are other programs that we can participate in, I mean, we talk about these things and, and like eradicating hunger and poverty. And, and they look good because they, they, we talk about them. But is there anything physically happening on the ground to eradicate and how can we assist from the bottom up?
2: Definitely. Well, there are a lot of um, government initiatives, obviously, to address the Millennium Development Goals. And then once the Sustainable Development Goals have been decided on, I think UNASA's role will shift as well from trying to influence what the goals will be to promoting those goals and looking at how they can be implemented and how can we hold governments accountable to make sure that um, they're they're delivering on those goals. Um, So that will definitely be the next step, as it were.
0: As far as health is concerned, you know maternal health and, and HIV and other diseases like that, uh, is that still high on the agenda? Definitely.
2: Um, there are a lot of a lot of health goals being discussed now, and I mean the fight against HIV and AIDS is something that South Africa did quite well on with the Millennium Development Goals, and a lot of progress was also made with the maternal health, um, but there's still a lot of work to be done in those areas, of course, and I think that's definitely something that will be carried through into the next. The next development agenda
0: and what about the, environment, the and environment sustainability thereof. i've heard i've heard talk recently about how water is becoming a very very serious uh, issue as far as scarcity of it or us running out of water so w- environmental issues yeah environmental issues are,
2: are definitely a big one and if you look at um, those goals that have been proposed so far there are several of them um, looking at things like climate change um and in terms of water scarcity uh, Supplying clean water is something that South Africa has done very well on with the Millennium Development Goals. So I'm sure that they'll want to uh, continue their successes in that regard. Um, but again, uh, climate change is an interesting one because it's what the the Sustainable Development Goals, these new ones coming in, are. It's a universal agenda, so mm. it will also require the developed world to pull their weight and to contribute. Mm. Um, so I think this is one area where we'll have to look to them and ask them to take their fair share of the burden.
0: Everything else um, notwithstanding but crime and violence, especially in South Africa for me, because it it, it really permeates and, and and affects the economy, it affects just about every everything that we we, we strive for in the country mm. um, what can be done there
2: definitely well that's the that's the idea behind having incorporating peace as part of this agenda because Um, what we're saying is that violence is such a cross-cutting issue if you have violence in your communities it really affects all the other goals that you would have so gender equality will be impacted your access to services will be impacted Um, so that's why we feel very strongly that this is something that should be in a development agenda Um, and I think that there's a lot that can be done so we are proposing things like um, as I mentioned before making sure that people have access to participating in government Mm. and that there's um, channels of communication with their representatives in government at whatever level that it may be. Um, Making sure that you have institutions that are really responsive to people's needs and that um, strong institutions that can uh, deliver change. Um, And as you mentioned again, the freedom of expression, freedom of speech, uh, including minorities in governance. uh,
0: Because it uh, it, it does affect poorer people and 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 especially in the rural areas um who who feel the impact even harder than anybody else definitely yeah
2: that's where the brunt of the um the negative repercussions of violence is felt in the in the poorest communities Mm. um so if we're going to be talking about eradicating extreme poverty um this is really an issue that needs to be addressed
0: yeah extreme poverty and peace now what's the call to action here
2: Um, The call to action at the moment is I think we need to be saying to our governments what we think is important for the MDGs. So the UN has done their consultations and now it's up to the different member states to actually negotiate on what the final goals will look like. So for us, we need to be uh, saying to South African leaders... um, this is what we want to see in the final agenda when you're out there negotiating uh, and representing us. This is what we want you to be really pushing for. Um, so it's about communicating with the leaders about our, what we think
0: is important. And how does civil society engage with your your organization, the United Nations Association of South Africa?
2: Um, probably the easiest way to do that is just to go on our website or to send us an email. Um, and get in touch with some of the projects that we are doing uh like i said it's a, it's a nationwide project we have a lot of different chapters mm. most of them based on university campuses mm. um so people can find out what the different chapters are doing whichever is in their area and get involved with some of those activities
0: that we're going to have coming up in the year and and all that information is available on your website yeah
2: our website is uh unasa.org.za
0: UNASA.org.
2: Yeah and uh, people can also look us up on Facebook they just search United Nations Association
0: of South Africa. And do you take volunteers? Do you need volunteers for anything?
2: We do yeah we definitely take volunteers we have um, an internship program as well and uh, our chapters are very much volunteer driven so um, we're very welcoming of anyone who wants to get involved at
0: all. I'm thinking of those kids that have finished school and couldn't get into university so hopefully, you know, they, they can do something meaningful Definitely, through, through yeah. your organization.
2: Yeah, it's also um, it's a youth development organization as well. So we're trying to make sure that um, kids get a better awareness of these international organizations and how they function and things like human rights and mm, development mm. and these kinds of issues We're wanting to create awareness about that and we're wanting people to gain skills in the process of learning about that.
0: So So what do they have to do also? Just go on your website and and there'll be guidance from there?
2: All the information will be there, yeah. Okay.
0: Thank you so much, Holly. That's a pleasure. Thank you so much for the chance to talk about this. Yes, thank you. So there's the website, UNASA, which, is, which stands for United Nations uh, Association of South Africa. Uh, so it's UNASA.org.za. If you're interested in freedom from violence and participating and influencing what goals should stay uh, after the 2015 framework, which expires this year, go there and see how you can contribute and um, and, yeah, and, and be part of this bigger picture.